You are listening to a sermon podcast from Kingdom City. We pray that over the next few moments, you will be blessed, equipped, and empowered to bring the reality of God to your world. Well, it's come to this. Today is really our third day of conference, and our miracle offering globally is always a day that unites us as a church. And we love it when our global family is extended. So if you're a guest, you happen to be involved in this service because someone brought you, you're absolutely invited and included, but feel under no pressure to be a part of this. But since you're new, let me introduce you to the most selfless, sacrificial, kingdom-hearted people I know, or to use the terminology of the season that we've been speaking in, the most dedicated people I know. It's the people right around you right now. You know, I've been speaking a lot about dedication over the last few times that I've spoken, what it means to be dedicated, talked about a dedicated thought life, talked about being a dedicated house. And today, I want to speak about a dedicated offering for a few moments. Talked about how to dedicate is to surrender, to steward, to sacrifice, and to set apart. And I believe that today's offering is a dedicated offering because it's a surrendered offering. You know, a surrendered offering is not a manipulative offering. I know God is a rewarder and God will bless, and I know the testimonies are staggering, and I'm absolutely expectant that it'll be the same. But when we surrender, we don't give with this manipulative hold as if God owes us anything. And it's a dedicated offering because it's a surrendered offering. It's God, I worship you unconditionally with this offering. All to Jesus, I surrender. This is a dedicated offering because it's a stewarded offering. You know, what I love about our church is that so many people throughout the year have set aside, they put aside income or money over the course of the year. And it doesn't matter the currency or the country. There's an amazing sense of stewardship. It's a meaningful offering. Some have worked through and prayed through, man, I'm going to give a week's income or a month's income or or a certain contract or a sale of some asset or property. You know, people have really put thought and heartfelt meaning into this. It's not just an impulsive gift. It's also a dedicated offering, not just because it's surrendered and stewarded, but because it's sacrificial. Like David, God, I will not give you that which costs me nothing. I want to be the kind of person that brings a sacrifice, a sacrifice of praise, a sacrifice of worship, and a sacrifice even in my giving. You see, it's not about the amount you give. It's about the sacrifice. Jesus commented on the widow who gave two mites and said she gave more because of the measure of her sacrifice, not the measure of her substance. And I believe today that it is a dedicated offering all over the world, whether you're in Perth, whether you're in Malaysia, whether you're in Singapore, whether you're in Cambodia and Africa, it doesn't matter which part of Europe, North or South, online, globally, wherever you are, this is a dedicated offering because it's a set apart offering. It's a sacred offering. It's a holy offering. And I want to read to you a passage of scripture from Mark chapter 10. This is what it says. Now as he, Jesus, was going out on the road, one came running knelt before him and asked him, Good teacher, what shall I do that I may inherit eternal life? So Jesus said to him, Why do you call me good? No one is good but one, that is God. You know the commandments. Do not commit adultery, do not murder, do not steal, do not bear false witness, do not defraud, honor your father and your mother. And he answered and said to him, Teacher, all these things I've kept from my youth. Then Jesus, looking at him, loved him and said to him, One thing you lack, go your way, sell whatever you have and give to the poor and you will have treasure in heaven. And come, take up the cross and follow me. 
But he was sad at this word and went away sorrowful, for he had great possessions. Verse 23, Then Jesus looked around and said to his disciples, How hard it is for those who have riches to enter the kingdom of God. And the disciples were astonished at his words. But Jesus answered again and said to them, Children, how hard it is for those who trust in riches to enter the kingdom of God. It is easier for a camel to go through the eye of a needle than for a rich man to enter the kingdom of God. And they were greatly astonished, saying among themselves, Who then can be saved? But Jesus looked at them and said, With men it is impossible, but not with God. For with God all things are possible. Verse 28, Then Peter began to say to him, See, we have left all and followed you. So Jesus answered and said, Assuredly, I say to you, there is no one who has left house or brothers or sisters or father or mother or wife or children or lands for my sake and the gospels who shall not receive a hundredfold now in this time houses and brothers and sisters and mothers and children and lands with persecutions and in the age to come eternal life. But many who are first will be last and the last first. This is the story of the rich young ruler which triggered a discipleship moment and I believe it is going to do the same for all of us today in these few moments. Let's establish a couple of things. The rich young ruler was a good guy. He was not a bad guy. He was faithful. He was obedient. In fact, you look, he was running. He was passionate. He was kneeling before God. He was humble and his desire was for eternal life. And so everything about him was good. And let's also establish another point that is so important to establish at the outset that Jesus loved him. Jesus loved him and loved him either way. Look at verse 21. Then Jesus, looking at him, loved him and said to him. So often when you hear this passage, one thing you like, go your way, sell whatever, you can add tone to text and it all of a sudden sounds like God is mad or angry. Go sell what you have, give it. No, that was not God at all. He was inviting him into a divine lifestyle that was going to be far superior to what he had. And he was merely answering the question of this rich young ruler. And yet knowing that he's a good guy and that Jesus loves him or you and I is simply our way of saying you can be a good person. Jesus still loves you. That does not mean you will follow him all the days of your life. And really what stumbled this rich young ruler was the issue of an impromptu miracle offering that Jesus took up in the moment. In the moment, he said, this is what I want you to do. Go sell all you have. Give a dedicated offering, a surrendered, a stewarded, a sacrificial. I mean, this was a sacrifice. And set yourself apart. Take up your cross and follow me. And really, you know, this whole explanation that came after that turns on one word. And it really identifies the heart of the issue in the rich young ruler and maybe in my heart and your heart today. Jesus said, how hard it is for those who trust. Say the word trust. Everyone say trust. Trust, trust, you know, the underline it, highlighted. those who trust in riches. It's one thing to have riches, it's another thing to trust in them. And really, this season has been a season where because of the uncertainty and change, there is a potential that the offering today is actually going to, in a, in a way, expose where our trust is, in whom our trust is. It's easy to say, you know what, uh, I, I, this is not the year. God, I've given in the past. I've done more. But listen, this is not the year. Look, God, I'm just about to start a family. God, I'm just about to build a house. God, I'm just about to, kids are just about to go to uni. God, right now is not the time. God, we, just, we don't know what the economy is going to be like. And it could be this wonderful sense of God delightfully peeling away the layers. And then what happens is we end up giving out of obligation than passion. 
Instead of a surrendered offering, it's a standard offering. Instead of a sacrificial offering, it's a safe offering. Instead of a dedicated offering, it's an obligated offering. And yet, trust is this childlike value. See, this happens just after Jesus blesses the children and talks about becoming like a child. You know, we sang earlier, all to Jesus, I surrender. All to Him I freely give. I will ever love and trust Him. Trust Him. This revealed the trust issue, and I don't know where you are with trust, but let's prophesy with our giving today that some trust in horses and chariots, but we will choose to trust in the name of the Lord. We put our faith not in savings or banks, but in Jesus. Not in what the economy will do or the government will say. We put our faith in Jesus. Lord, may the trust issue be resolved today in Jesus' name. Let no season, let no shaking, let no pandemic affect in whom we trust. In fact, it often just reveals in whom we trust. And the second issue is staggering because I've not seen it till I read it recently. This rich young ruler didn't just have a trust issue, he had a temporary addiction. I don't mean that he was addicted to drugs or to some evil thing. He was addicted to the temporary. I don't mean his addiction was fleeting. I mean his very addiction was the here and now. And I saw something that I've never really focused on as I've read this passage. Jesus said, you know, go, go sell whatever you have, give to the poor, and you will have treasure in heaven. See, Jesus wasn't trying to manipulate him. He was just telling him the reward that was coming. He said, you will have treasure in heaven. He promised him a return. And yet this man is so addicted to the now that the treasure in heaven had no pull on him. Eternity is forever. Temporary is for a short time. God tells him your eternity is going to be fueled with treasure and you'd think that would motivate him to give up the temporary, but such was the addiction to the temporary that treasures in heaven had no impact. If I said to you, give me whatever you will or you want and in 24 hours, this time tomorrow, you will have tenfold back in your bank account. Ten times. There's no business person around the world who wouldn't say, that's a great deal. Not only am I giving what I have, I'm selling stuff, selling my possessions maybe, and giving to the poor. You know, you would, you would go out of your way. Why? Because it's only foolish to not take advantage of a tenfold return that's coming in 24 hours. But really the reason most of us would give excessively and extravagantly, if that was the promise, is because we have faith in tomorrow. We know that tomorrow's coming, but I want to tell you, eternity is real and heaven and hell is real and eternity is coming and it just revealed that I would rather hold on to stuff here even though God promises me treasures there. Do you know, I want the Lord to take out of me any addiction to the temporary and even worse than maybe the lack of motivation for the poor, was the addiction to the temporary. You know, if if Jesus said to him, go sell all your possessions and give to the poor, that would have been a command enough and an invitation enough. And most of us should be motivated enough by that. But he didn't just say that. He said, go sell all you have, give to the poor, and you will have treasures. Not only will you bless the poor, I'm going to stack it up in your eternal account. And yet he walked away because he didn't just have a trust issue. He had a temporary addiction. You know, I don't know what it is about the rich young ruler that affected him. Maybe it was because he was rich and that stopped him. Maybe it's because he was young. 
Lord, if I'm older and death is near, you know, I could give you more sacrificially, but I'm young, Lord. Maybe it's because he was a ruler. He had a level of pride and position, but whether it was his richness, his youth or his rulership, the rich young ruler found a hindrance when God always intended those qualities to be a grace. You see, the fact he was rich was a grace given to him where he could be a blessing. The fact he was young meant he had strength and energy and time to sow and to serve the Lord. And the fact that he was a ruler, God gave him influence and, and leadership and a space in which to exercise that. And so those three things that were intended as a grace for his life became a hindrance in his life. Let's right now absolutely believe that what God has given you as a gift will not become the blockage. What he blessed you with as a grace will not become the hindrance. And I want to close today and as we move into the next part of our service by asking you two simple questions. Number one, who do you trust? Who do you trust and whom do you trust? Don't let the uncertainty of 2020 shift where trust belongs. And number two, where is your treasure? Where is your treasure? And I don't mean which bank, which branch, which stock, which share, which investment, which property, which equity portfolio. I, I'm not talking about where is your treasure that way. I'm saying where is your treasure as in which realm is your treasure? Where is it? Is it in the temporary or is it in the eternal? Because I end by being as honest as I can this year, as I was praying about this, here I am speaking about dedication. I'll tell you my struggle, it was obligation obligation saying to God things like this God I've given to you in so many other ways I gave up my career I gave up this I gave up that God I've given you in so many other years you know and and yet because I'm I'm saved because I love God because I'm called I'll give but I'm giving to satisfy the obligation and you know, you can give out of obligation and still have your trust in horses and chariots. You can give out of obligation and still have a temporary addiction. See, because what happens is we're saved enough. We're, it's like we're warm enough to, to give, but we're not on fire enough to sacrifice. You know, commitment will bring you into the room, but hunger gets you into His presence. And so let not this miracle offering be one we do out of obligation and then find ourselves torn and challenged. I asked Jemima, uh, my amazing wife, I said, "Hun, why don't you pray? And we do this every year. And then, you know, we sort of go away. And it's, it's always a little different each year. Sometimes the Lord speaks clearly. Sometimes there's no real overt sense. She came back and to be really honest, now globally, everybody can know. I was like, oh man, internally, I, didn't, I, I actually thought that, was, that that's a bit excessive. Because it's, it's something we've never done before. We're giving like we've never given before in a crazy year like we've never experienced before. And yet, when I took it before the Lord, He didn't condemn me. He didn't yell at me. All I felt, the, the loving, tender point of the Spirit of God was on, where's your trust? And, and it really sent me on a search to go, what am I so addicted to in this life that when the God who promises me treasures in heaven, that's forever. If you've, loved to, if you've lost a loved one recently, that's forever you're going to see them if they knew the Lord. That's a long time to have treasure. And it just revealed like the rich young ruler, maybe there's something in me that was holding on. You know, Jesus' remedy to the rich young ruler as we close wasn't an obligated offering. He didn't say, you know, just do something, be kind. I mean, after all, it's a tough year. 
It was a radical, miraculous offering. It was a dedicated offering. And really that's our prayer. Why? See, why was Jesus doing that? Was he just being extreme or harsh? No. He was saying, I, I, wanna, I want you to know in whom you trust. And I want you to realize that this addiction to the temporary is broken. I pray that today we wouldn't just bring a dedicated offering. We would be the dedicated offering. Can you stand with me wherever you are? all around the world, in every auditorium, in Perth, in Canningvale, Wangara, Midland, Mandra, in Malaysia, in thousands of homes, in Singapore, right across Asia, in Africa, come on, wherever you are. Maybe you've already given, globally, online, wherever. I mean, sometimes it feels like, God, there's, 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 there's surely better times to do this. But I, I, I'm speaking to you not so that anybody feels condemned because Jesus loves you and you may well truly be a wonderful person. But I know in the room right now there are disciples saying, God, I want to follow you. As for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. I just want to pray. And as we pray, this is not about the amount. This is about your life. Father, I thank you that you have blessed people all over the world with wealth, with riches, with youthfulness, with age, with time. If we're alive, you still have a plan. And God, I thank you for the influence that you've given people in various spheres and industries around the world. I thank you that that which is a grace would not be a hindrance. And today we stand in your presence because at the end of all of this, God, we don't just want to bring an offering, we want to be the offering. God, we don't just want to sing all to Jesus, I surrender. We truly want to be the embodiment of that which we declare. And today, God, we pray that this offering would be not only dedicated to you, but we would be dedicated to you. God, even as we worship, even as we stand, even as we sow, even in the midst of all you're doing in this conference, I thank you, God, that you are not drawing people to a place where it's beyond them, but Father, you would actually speak to them in such a mighty and a personal way. Father, in you we trust, and in eternity let it be so awakened in our hearts that from this day we would never be the same. All to Jesus we surrender. Thanks for listening to this week's message. If you have never entered into a relationship with Jesus, we want you to know that He loves you very much. So much that He died on the cross for all of your sins that stood between you and God. If you would like to make a decision to follow Jesus today, all you need to do is to repeat this prayer. Dear God, I come to you in the name of Jesus. I admit that I'm not right with you and I want to be right with you. I ask you to forgive me of all of my sins. I believe with my heart and confess with my mouth that Jesus is the Lord and Savior of my life. Thank you for saving me and making me your child. In Jesus' name I pray, amen. If you prayed that prayer for the first time or if God has done anything in your life because of this podcast, we would love to know. Email us at testimony at kingdomcity.com.